and welcome to Gore and Guilty Podcast. You are listening to Greg. And Georgia. And today we're talking through one of the most infamous killers in the UK. This killer has been convicted of killing 10 people, including one child. And not only that, these crimes took place only 10 minutes from my house. (gasps) But... Before we jump into things and go into all things gore and guilty, Georgia, how are you doing? I am very good, thank you, Greg. We're so happy with the weather we have had this week. We finally had a bit of sunshine in our lives and it's been so nice. How have you been taking advantage of the sun? I mean, I'm still working, but with my job, I'm outside all day. Um, So I've been able to enjoy it and then like as soon as I get home and Luke finishes work, we're like, right... We're not cooking right now. We're going to go straight out that door and go for a walk in the park, um, as that's all we can really do at the moment, but just trying to enjoy it as much as we can. Nice, nice. Yeah, sounds like you've been making the most of the British springtime. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Um, it's a good question. What have I been doing lately? Well, as you know, I just got a new job, so that's pretty cool. You do, you do. And I've been going for the occasional walk, but it's quite hard to right now to try and take try, try and make the most out of the British summertime because not a huge amount we can do is there unfortunately I know I think it's it's getting us excited for when we can escape our homes and go and actually enjoy it I think we'll make the most of it and enjoy it far more when we we won't take it for granted as much I think yeah I think we'll be I don't know you say that like one thing I noticed this week is that Loads of companies that have gone like all remote are now like, uh, we might kind of go back to the office. Really? Yeah, I think Google's won. My current company's won. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty weird because I've been working remote for a year now and it's pretty much been gnarly. It's all been good. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought it was something like, I thought that was definitely something that was going to st- stick, mm. really. Apparently not. Interesting. So, I believe we got asked a couple of questions in our Instagram page for once. We did indeed, which I'm so excited and I really appreciate the people that have put their questions forward. And we've chosen two to answer in this week's episode. So, the first one is... Do we read any crime, thriller, mystery books, be it non-fiction or fictional? And if so, what are they? Do you want to go first or shall I? You can go first if you like. Okay, cool. Um, I used to. I used to read a few crime novels, but I haven't in a long, long time, actually. Really? Yeah, I find myself reading literature that's mostly around people but not necessarily crime i really like malcolm gladwell who looks into kind of a lot of sociology and like why people do things and then also kind of picks apart some of the things that happen around us like one thing that he talked about in one of his books which i can't remember the name of what's the name of that book oh yeah i can so yeah in malcolm gladwell's book tipping point he talks about how uh, suicide, which I know is a bit of a grim thought, but suicide 
is kind of works like suicide kind of works like jaywalking where if you see one person do it loads of people do it and i don't mean like visibly see obviously hardly anyone actually sees someone directly commit suicide but if a celebrity yeah kills themselves then suicide rates spike in the following weeks because it's from really? page news yeah yeah and he talks about uh, the high suicide rate of young teenagers in uh, micronesia and uh they wow. went from having like hardly any or none at all to then a young person killed themselves and now for a while at least they had quite a lot um so yeah i really like that sort of more kind of the the deep dive stuff and the human minds rather than like fiction or non-fiction um stuff about crime but i, I guess i've read a lot about obviously if we were doing this but i read a lot of non-fiction for crime but it's mostly like articles and um and you know news reports and things like that rather than books i think that's really interesting i also think it's all probably all very related because what we do and crime what we research in these crimes is why do people do such things like crime but it's all related to the same thing as why people do the things they do and what influences that why what drives them to that point Mm -hmm. i think that's all very related yeah how about you do you read any crime novels so i i'm not a big reader which you probably know (laughs) i um (laughs) i always see greg with a book and uh, i'm not kind of that way i'd love to be i just struggle a little bit but i um if i read a case and i I'm like invested and I will read it till the end. But the only the only books and novels that I do read are crime related and mystery related. And my all-time favorite author is Simon Beckett, who when I do read his books, I cannot put them down and they are crime related. He actually went to Tennessee to the body farm there and spent a long time there researching how bodies um, decompose and the different things that you can tell from a body to how that person may have died, which I find very fascinating in a sort of morbid sense. (laughs) That's textbook gore and guilty. Which I think, yeah, (laughs) I think our listeners can... um, sort of understand that and appreciate it too but I really like how he's kind of intertwined that knowledge he learnt from that body farm into the novel so you're kind of learning some morbid, morbidly cool facts morbidly um, cool morbidly cool <laughs> but if you looked at my shelf my bookshelf here um, it is all murder serial killers crime i think if the police ever came knocking i'd probably have some serious questions to answer uh (laughs) but i think i don't know we do this podcast for a reason but yes to answer that question we do i do read you had that book you you had that book didn't you on criminal minds oh it's like criminal minds and what what serial killers they based all the the episodes off which was pretty creepy yes this is one of my favourite books and it is really interesting. So I have only, I know it's, this is a crime in, in in itself, like I have only just started watching Criminal Minds, which I know, 
I know. Um, <laughs> but I had this book given to me for a Christmas present from my parents, which, you know, they know me so well, um, which was Criminal Minds, but it breaks down every single episode in the series, what the episode was based on, what crime it was based on. And so it kind of shows all these different serial killers and why they do it. And it's just kind of like short stories, which perfect bite size for me, really. But um, but yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> that, that was a good one. I remember reading it was pretty gory. parts of that and scaring myself. It's pretty creepy to think that there's that many serial killers out there. Anyhow, what was the other question we got? The second question was, do we prefer to do cases that are solved or unsolved? Hmm. Interesting question. Good question. Do you want me to answer this question first, or do you want to do this one? Yeah, go on, you do this one first. Um, so, I enjoy reading about them both, but for me, I like a solved case, because the idea of not knowing is too much. Like, I, I don't get the closure that I... I'm looking for like I I need to know who was behind the crimes why they did it and try to do some sort of like analysis in my very amateur way um to see why that person did what they did and when there's crimes like John Ramsey and those crimes that just there's no answer I just oh it's too much <laughs> but I do still enjoy trying to figure it out for myself how about you? Uh, unsolved mysteries. You're right. Like you really miss the closure because you get really invested in them. And there was that Netflix series as well, wasn't there? Like unsolved yeah. mysteries. It's just like ah, yes. There's so many weird cases out there. Like remember, we were going. I was going to do for my first episode before I decided to do the Richard Miles case, which was another unsolved mystery. But I was going to do the one of that. Like I forgot his name. German traveller that was in Bulgaria, and then he just, like, sprinted out of the airport. Yes! It, actually, I, yeah. It's save like, it, because we'll, so many weird we'll cases. definitely do that case. I'll save it. Yeah, there's so many weird cases out there, and you just want closure, but then you can also get go down the rabbit hole of, like, trying to figure out what's known, and I think everyone convinces themselves they might solve it. <laughs> you know, do a bit of Googling, <laughs> read a Wikipedia page. Yes! <laughs> yeah I think all the people that listening to this will also understand that you also sort of kind of want to be that person that solves the case and like <laughs> figure it out for yourself but there are some really that Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix was so well done and actually by them sharing it and ha shining some light and ex giving some of those cases the exposure that they deserve there's actually been new evidence come forward. For, uh, there's new evidence that's been brought forward from it. And some of the cases have been reopened because of that, which is exactly what needs to happen. I just to think like a, a case goes cold and then they, they're closed. And that's truly, truly sad. And so I'm glad that that show actually did some really good, good things as well. Hmm. And you'll be pleased to hear... The, obviously the case we're doing today is a solved mystery. The case that I'm going to be talking through, or well, it's not a case really, it's more of a biopic of a killer, 
is uh, Rose West. It is. Obviously, you know, Fred and Rose West, there's quite a lot of infamy. They're some of the most prolific killers that, you know, Britain's ever seen, or even the world's, let alone little sleepy West Midlands, which is where I'm from. And like I said at the beginning, yeah. Rose and Fred West lived on Cromwell Street, which is, you know, drove past it quite a lot. Uh, yeah, as that that was from Gloucester. I'm based in Gloucester, and it's kind of a stain stain on our history. Yeah. So, have you, have you, how much how much have you heard about the the West Georgia? So, I also is one of those cases that have stuck with me um, because I'm from Hereford, as you all know, which isn't too far from uh, Gloucester. So, it is one of those cases where one. I was like interested in crime and mystery. It was one of those ones that I, I did do quite a lot of research into. It's just fascinating the dynamics between the couple and like how a couple would come to commit murder together. I suppose it's just that's just really intriguing. But yeah, I do. Yeah, it's a good case. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the kind of the couple dynamic there. Because that is like a really big factor in in what I think raises the interest here. Because outwardly, at the time, the the Wests were a very normal—not normal. It's maybe the wrong word, but an orthodox couple. They had children. Uh, I think there was always maybe some underlying feeling of something isn't quite right here. And Fred had been arrested many times before. He had a long criminal history, but you know, especially in the in Gloucester. I think generally they fit in, and that's not me saying that uh, it's a Gloucester thing. I'm allowed to say it because I am from Gloucester. <laughs> Are you saying you're yeah. from <laughs> No, I just mean like they were, and you know, they'd have fit in at many other places as well, but I think generally they were allowed to get away with these crimes for so long because they were able to, maybe it was a charisma or something, but they presented themselves as general generally a normal family which is Uh, yeah the reason why i kind of decided that rose would be a good focus is because obviously everyone knows she is an animal fred is a monster but what's quite interesting is that while fred kind of slowly built himself up to killing you know he had like a like i said a long criminal record rose was kind of maybe introduced into things a little bit more by Fred and yeah maybe that's uh, you know kind of not giving her as I was going to say credit maybe that's not uh telling the full truth because she actually killed when Fred was in jail interesting at the beginning of their relationship but there's like an interesting dynamic there because they both had real broken family homes before they met and it's just it was kind of like that Bonnie and Clyde how I don't even know how you'd approach having a conversation like that with anyone. Yeah, this is it. I this is what always gets me with crimes like this. Like, do they go over dinner? Like, they they sat at the dinner table and one of them <laughs> suddenly comes out with it. How how do you have that first initial conversation? Do you know what I love to do tonight? Kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> Kill somebody. Yeah, sure, man. I'll do that too. I'll do it with you. That sounds like a great idea. I, I just. <laughs> I just have this like image in my head that just seems so bizarre. Yeah. I just couldn't. I, very strange. But I suppose they must have known that the other person would be into it too before raising that conversation, I suppose. I'm sure. Yeah, they, yeah it must have been. 
So yeah, I'd, I, again, I'm not going to talk about Fred too much, but he had a he had a long list of offences before this. Abh, I say before this, Fred had a long list of offences before his time with Rose. So, right. Abh, theft, sexual assault. He had a reputation as well as being like a really inappropriate guy, and, oh. you know, feeling people up, a bit of women up in in social clubs, uh. and uh, there was even a case against him. Uh, that got dropped, but it was a case against him for raping his own sister. Oh, no. And, yeah, pretty grim, pretty grim. He just sounds like an all-round disgusting man. Oh, yeah, he was an absolute... He was, like, Satan incarnate. Vile. Yeah, very grim. And he committed two murders on his own as well, without the assistance of Rose. So he killed Anne McFall, who was eight months pregnant with his child. Oh, no. And then also his ex-wife, Catherine Raina West... Catherine Brainer West met her demise at Fred's hands too. So yeah, unpleasant character. So terrible. Do you? How much do you know about Rose West herself, Georgia? Um, I know a little. I do know a little bit, but I have tried to avoid researching this case since I knew you were going to be touching upon it because I kind of I quite enjoy when we do our live responses. Um, so we get a good picture of how we're reacting to it, but um. But yeah, I know a little bit. I just know that she is evil, as evil as they come, and quite manipulative. Would that be right to say? Yes, I think that would be right to say. I mean, she managed to live in that house for years, and presumably the neighbours weren't aware what was going. They even had people bunking in the house, like room, they let rooms out, and those people still didn't realise what they were getting up to. Can you imagine being one of those people that was like, oh yeah, I'll just rent a room and then you live with Fred and Rose West. <laughs> yeah, oh. not the best claim to fame that one. Unlucky. She was she was a full blown sadist. You know, she she killed ten people, she had ten charges, so at least ten people she killed, including her own daughter. At least. And oh. she even in court, you know, accused of killing her own child, she'd often remain motionless. These murders were all about inflicting pain and turmoil and torturing their victims. That is so terrible. The fact that there's no remorse there is just oh gosh. Yeah. It's grim. So before we kind of go into the crimes, and I don't even want to go, I don't I, I won't go into the crimes that much because they're really grim, but okay. we'll talk about them in a while. So before we do that, let's talk a little bit about Rosemary's background. So she was actually the fifth child and she grew up far below the breadline. In harsh conditions. Oh. Bill, her father, Bill Letts, was a strange man and prone to violence. Her mother was depressed severely. Uh, she'd even had, like, ECT, which is electroconvulsive shock <gasps> therapy, where they kind of really? shock your brain, trying to sort you out with your depression state. So that's still a thing, by the way. I'm 80% sure that they still... Is it? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I've got a feeling I've, I've read that that's, like, if you've got... No, I think you might be right, you know. I just think it just seems so inhumane. Yeah, it seems shocking, doesn't it? I think it's like a last resort. If shocking. Got to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, heck. But yeah, I think, oh, I think no. if, you, if you've got like really severe depression and you can't, as you've tried everything else, then I think they try that. It's pretty grim. I wouldn't want to do it. I don't know. It just seems in my mind not very pleasant. No, I'm sure it's not very pleasant. I think, yeah, it's a last resort thing. So, so Rose was the victim of sexual abuse at the hands of her own father, Bill Letts. 
they moved as a family to Bishop's Cleeve, which is near Cheltenham. Okay. About six miles from Gloucester. I feel like with cases like these, when they are a child and they are, you know, completely innocent, you can definitely feel some sympathy for them. I think people also forget that I know that she's done horrendous, horrific, unforgivable things. Once when they're a child, it does, you know, you can feel sympathy for them. I Once she's re- reached that age, there's no going back. But to live a life like that is horrific really yeah being abused by your schizophrenic father and i know what you mean she was a victim at this point obviously but yeah by the end um she's like oh, yeah. a, very much the villain very much absolutely the villain. absolutely and there, there is a line and it's completely yeah she so when the family moved to bishop's cleave rose was 13 and she didn't meet fred until a couple of years later when she was 15 years old and fred was 27 what? Yeah, yeah, there was a big age gap and like, you know, he's obviously a bit of... 15 and yeah. he's 27? Yeah, yeah, he's mm. a bit of a pred. And she actually mistook him for a tramp. <laughs> she thought, <gasps> yeah, she thought he was a tramp, like trying to chat her up. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't impressed, is what I gathered, but he was persistent. And uh, so, yeah, when they met, Fred actually had two daughters already. Charmaine West who uh, it's actually presumed wasn't Fred's biological daughter. She was, okay. she was like mixed race. Ooh, scandal. Indeed. And uh, Anne-Marie West, uh, who's, yeah, f- f- Fred's from a previous marriage. Okay. Rose ended up moving in with Fred to help like raise the children. When I say move in, I'm fairly sure he was living in a caravan. Oh, okay. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You're listening to us and you're living in a caravan. That's fine. But I think it was probably slightly different situation when you're talking about Fred West. It was probably quite cramped as well. It was, yes, that's probably another thing about her. It was probably cramped. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, like, logistics here. There's, like, <laughs> two children, Fred and Rose, like... <laughs> Not only are you living with a killer, but you're living cramped with a killer. That's even worse. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Nobody So, wants that. as you can imagine, Fred was a pretty sadistic guy as well. He's, yeah, he's not, like I said, like he, he had a bit of a history and also a questionable upbringing and yeah, he's just a bit of a gross guy. I say a bit of a gross guy, that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of involved Rose in that world. Remember, she's like 15 as well at this point. He's kind of getting her into this weird, sadistic way yeah. of life where he kind of just treats people like they're... Uh, Treats people like they can just be thrown away and also just takes what he wants. So, Gosh. yeah, he's a pretty grim guy. She's, you know, young and, yeah. He's, really yeah. terrible. Rose ended up becoming pregnant and Fred moves uh, his family to a house in Gloucester on Midlands Road. So, if you, you know, like I said mm-hmm. at the beginning, Cromwell Street is the famous house. Yes. We're talking about a slightly different place here. Hasn't it been knocked down now? The Cromwell Street house, yeah, it has been. Yeah. Cromwell Street's house, yeah. God, if there was, if there was a place that was haunted, it would be that, wouldn't it? Oh gosh, yeah. I would not want to be the next person to live in that house for sure. But yeah, I'm quite quite glad that it's been knocked down. I think. Yeah, indeed. It's right by an alleyway as well. I'm always like, God, imagine walking past that at night. Yeah, it's right on the end. It's like a a a, a row of houses, and it's the one right on the end. So when they moved to Midlands Road, Fred began encouraging Rose to engage in 
sex with friends and oh. other grown men for money. Oh, no. Uh, effectively pimping her out. This has, like, so many different elements in it that it's just, like, yeah, so many wrong, wrong turns, like... I, I, just to make it a bit wronger as well, I, I think this is while she was pregnant. <gasps> oh, not good. Yeah. And then two months after she gave birth, Fred ended up going to jail for stealing car tyres. Oh. And he was in there for six and a half months. This is kind of where Rose started to shake off that victim label. Yes. Became the sadistic killer that she definitely is. Hmm. So she started to take her anger out on the kids, basically. Charlemagne and Anne-Marie. Oh. And, well, and also, obviously, she'd just given birth to a child as well. And she would, yeah, subject the oldest two to cruel physical and mental abuse. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's very bad. And while Anne-Marie would react with, sorry, Anne-Marie would react with kind of the natural response, fear and emotion and, and being terrified. Yeah. Apparently, Charmaine's reaction was one of strong spirit and not wanting to react and not giving Rose anything. And that obviously, wow. if Rose is a sadist... I bet that didn't give Rose what she was after. I bet that frustrated her so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which And that probably just drove yeah. her more and more angry. Trying to break her and she wasn't going to mm-hmm. be broken. And Charmaine kind of held belief the whole time that her mother would come and save her. Um, but unfortunately, that that wasn't the case. Oh. The story doesn't have a happy ending, and Rose killed Charmaine even before Fred was released from prison. God. So yeah, it's it's crazy that like you'd like to think these days it wouldn't happen, that when a child goes missing, it can be explained away. Yeah. But yeah, people did notice, and Fred and Rose would just say, Oh, she's with her mother, who's come to pick her up. Yeah. Fred actually killed her, uh, Charmaine's mother, Raina West, uh, two months later when Raina came to check on Charmaine, which is sad as well because yeah. Charmaine always thought her mum was going to come and get her. And, and her she finally did, did but, but just two months too late. Yeah, it's just too late. That's awful. That's so sad. So really sad. sad. Really sad. So in 1972. Fred and Rose married, and they moved to the infamous 25 Cromwell Street, which is, you know, the one that's kind of famous for all these crimes taking place. And that's, you know, just to clarify, they met, Fred and Rose West met in 1969. So in three years, they've managed to have a child, get married, move house twice, kill two people between them, including a, well, basically a mother and a child. And now they've yet moved to a new place in Gloucester, which supposedly was almost a little bit too big for them to afford. And they had to accommodate uh, lodgers in their house. So Fred kind of did some alterations. He was a a builder, carpenter, something like that. And um, Caroline Owens was a 17-year-old that Fred and Rose picked up. She was hitchhiking. I think it was more common back then. And uh, during the course of... Caroline's journey, she agrees to be a nanny for Fred and Rose. Obviously, they they got three young children at this point, so actually, no, they did have three young children and they killed one. They got two to still, you know, take care of. Yes. Caroline's thoughts on Rose were quite interesting. They were similar ages, and uh, Caroline would describe Rose initially as kind of 
quite a tactile person. She realised that Fred was a bit off, a bit dodgy, you know, he was a bit forceful. Oh, no. um, but with Rose, they kind of developed a, with Rose, Caroline developed a friendship and she began to suspect that yeah. not everything was as it seems and that maybe there was some abuse of the children. Fred and Rose actually offered Caroline to take part in an orgy, oh, which Caroline rejected and naturally she quickly left. Unfortunately, her story doesn't end there. That wasn't the lucky escape. Gosh. She met Fred and Rose again a month later when hitchhiking home. They managed to convince her to take a lift, but Caroline was attacked and taken ah. to Cromwell Street. And it's there that she was subject to 12 hours of sexual abuse by Rose and Fred. Ah. Yeah, unpleasant. Oh, no. Apparently Rose showed n- no care about the situation. Don't forget this is someone that she considered a friend up until just a few days prior, and that there was no holding back. So Fred even raped Caroline when Rose was absent because she'd gone to take care of the children. Oh, my God. He then cried and broke down and asked Carol and pleaded with Caroline not to tell Rose. He said Rose would kill him if she found out. That dynamic. The table seemed to have turned. Interesting dynamic. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that has killed several people, potentially several people at this point, but definitely two. Because obviously he essentially pimped her out. Um, he did a lot of like very manipulative behaviour. You would think that he was probably the more dominant one, but then mm. for him to break down like that and essentially be scared of Rose, that weird... That's very, very interesting. Yeah, it sounds like he was terrified of her. So Caroline escaped after offering to stay. So she said she'd carry on being a nanny and being involved in their lives. Uh, but she ended up not testifying about what happened because she had a poor experience with the police who weren't emp- empathetic or sympathetic about what happened. She was like a teenage runaway and they just uh, kind of dismissed what she was saying. That's terrible. Because of that, she never testified. And because she never testified, the only repercussions for Fred and Rose were that they got fined £49 each. £49 each? That doesn't seem a lot, does it? But I suppose, I know it, it would be more back then through inflation and all that, but that just doesn't seem a lot in comparison to what they did. I still don't think you'd be talking thousands either. I could be wrong. Like as an equivalent today. No, that is that is poor. That is not Poor good. form from the Gloucestershire Constabulary. Mm-mm. Not in my good books. The worst part is that showed Fred and Rose that they could not leave any more victims alive. So they went on to kill eight others. Oh. And those victims were Linda Goff, who was 20, killed in 1973. Caroline Cooper, who was only 15, killed in 1973. Lucy Partington, 21, killed in 1973. Therese Siegenthaler, who was 21 and killed in 1974. Shirley Hubbard, another 15-year-old, killed in 1974. Shirley Robinson, a 19-year-old, killed in 1978. Alison Chambers, a 16-year-old, killed in 1978. And Juanita Motz, who was 18, and I couldn't find when she was killed. But you will notice that there's some pretty stark gaps between the dates there. Before 1978 and after 1974. 
there was no victims found. Yeah. So his victim seems so young as well, which is really striking. That Yeah, their victims were always young women, basically. And there's that gap that raises question marks about whether they were putting the, putting the body somewhere else during that period. And Stephen West, yeah. Fred and Rose West's son, apparently, when this all started to come out and things started to unravel, said that Fred's broke down and said there were you know, hundreds of victims, so maybe we'll never know for sure how many they killed. But those are the ones we know of. And it's, like you say, young women that span over a long period of time. That's terrible. I actually have a, a little, I was going to say a fun fact. It's definitely not fun. Um, <laughs> where my, my dad actually knows someone who, he's actually really good friends with her, um, who when she was at school, mm-hmm. there was a, a guy in her class who lived near Much Markle, which is where it all happened. And one day he saw a man digging in a field, I believe it was. And this was before any of the bodies were found. This whole case hadn't come to light yet. And he had seen a man in a field digging in a very suspicious manner. So much so that this child went and told the teacher and the teacher didn't believe him. And then later, years later... It all comes out. And it makes you wonder, did he see Fred? Was this part of it all? Very possibly. Suspicious. Could have been Fred. So just to, just for clarity as well, Much Markle is where Fred's parents lived. Right. And that's where he buried Raina West, so like his ex-wife that he killed. And so there, there's definitely a connection there. So maybe, you know, he was hiding some other bodies in Much Markle rather than in Cromwell yeah. Street. So much so that the kid spoke to the teacher. It must have been something. Mm. But yeah, very suspicious. Yeah, that could definitely... Maybe they saw Fred. And who knows? I guess there was a lot... No, this case is a, a lot of near misses. Yeah. And... I definitely think there's more... More victims out there, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so too. They also killed uh, their own daughter, uh, Heather West. And things only started to unravel when Fred was accused by an anonymous tip about something for like a sexual assault or something like that. Right. Um, and Fred ended up being released, but the children were put into foster care. And they had a load of kids, the Wests. Oh, really? And when the children... Yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. When the, when the children were put in foster care, it was discovered that there was like an ongoing family joke about ending up under the patio like Heather. Whoa referencing Heather West, their daughter. So not only did they kill their own daughter... They joked about it. But they it. were so... Yeah, they literally joked about it. It was like used as like a term of punishment, like, oh, eat your oh, yeah. greens or you'd be under the patio. <laughs> Your turn. I just can't even, like, comprehend that. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll end up like your sister underneath the patio. Are you joking? Yeah, truly shocking. Terrible. So so that if that's Heather... Yeah. So it was Sh- and Charmaine as well. So is that two daughters then that they have murdered? Yeah, correct. But Charmaine wasn't Rose's daughter. It was one of Fred's from her previous... Wasn't Rose's. So this was biologically Rose's daughter as well as Fred's. Yeah, Heather. Right. Oh, gosh. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still reeling from like... <laughs> <laughs> 
joking about being put... That's terrifying. Those children must be absolutely terrified. Mm. Police excavators and the bodies began to be found. So Rose's stance was always, yeah, it has nothing to do with me. Quite clearly trying to uh, probably try and pass the blame onto Fred. Absolutely. But it was clear, because they'd already asked her about like where Heather was, that she was lying to the investigators. So they, they always felt that Rose was more involved than she was letting on. And for, she had 60 interviews that only all she'd say was no comment. Oh. Even when they're kind of asking her about her like dead child. That never bodes well. One of the clinchers as well for the police's case was that Rose killed Charmaine while Fred was in prison. Yeah. So, and that was like one of the first kills like before they'd even abducted Caroline. So that really showed what she was capable of and they knew the sort of person they were dealing with. Because we've, we spoke in the past about female serial killers aren't really a thing, um, but Rose... Yeah, it's it's very much less common. Yeah, it's like eight, 8 out of 10 of men, white men or something. I believe so. And that, But that really, you know, so maybe they were a little bit apprehensive about her involvement, but when they discovered Charmaine and they found out that she was killed while Fred was in prison, that, yeah, that really showed them, like, that she was a full-blown sadist and was capable of killing Fred and Rose were full-blown sexual sadists. They, like, took it further than just power and control. Some of the victims uh, experienced such graphic torture. You know, fingernails were found away from the bodies. A mask that was made of tape. When they just had, like, a couple of... Made of of what, Like, tape, like duct tape. Tape? No. And, yeah, and they just, like, would put, like, a couple of straws through... Um, into their nose, so they, yeah, to keep yeah, it's gross. Gosh, that's and absolute torture. That is awful. Yeah, they didn't fuck about. Like they were awful, awful people. No. And yeah, so they they really, you know, for them it was all about kind of inflicting pain and torment on their victims for hours. And this was like all within an end terrace house in Gloucester. Like there were neighbours, and they managed to get away with it. Yeah. For many years, which is so shocking. Those neighbours. Surely they would have heard... I mean, I'm not absolutely not blaming anybody, but you would have... What the... To live next door... I mean, even the people that rented rooms from the Wests, like... Well, <sighs> it's interesting you say that because I literally watched a YouTube video of one of their one of their lodgers, um, you know, and she did look a bit down and out in terms of life. And you probably would be, because if you got a rent from Fred and Rose West and there, you know, it was like a nice part of Gloucester. But she just seems so nonchalant about the whole thing. She's just like, oh, yeah. What? And then we found out that they were killing people. <laughs> yeah, which is... But they're not even, like, just... Not that you can just kill someone, because to kill someone is a thing. You, you know what I mean. But they're not... They're being creative here. Like, they're enjoying it. They are sadists. Just terrible. Terrible. Really bad. And Rose continued to deny her involvement. <sighs> I think that makes it worse. Even though, you know, they knew that she killed Chardemagne and she was apparently instrumental in actually finding, like, selecting and abducting the women. Because it probably would have taken Rose's presence, like a female presence back then, to actually entice the women to get in the car. 
Absolutely. I mean, Myra Hindley is a very good example of that. She used to pretend that she lost a glove and would pick up children with Ian Brady in the back of the vehicle and say, oh, I've lost a glove. Will you help me find it? And all the children would be like, yeah, that's fine. I'll help you. And it's used and they used her female presence to lure the victims in. So I definitely think that Rose would have done yeah. exactly the same exactly. thing. She was the only she was the only one that actually faced any sort of justice because Fred killed himself in prison, like awaiting trial. He's taken it to the grave. So because of that we might never really understand fully to what extent Rose was driving things. Absolutely. And also I think not only that, it's all the other victims, I truly do believe there were probably more people involved here, more victims that we will never know. And I think there was some gratification out of not sharing that information. Yeah, exactly. So Rose ended up being convicted of the killings of Heather, Linda Goff and Charmaine. Then eventually she was convicted of the remaining seven victims. And thankfully, she'll never, ever, ever be released. Thank goodness. Oh, she, she and one other female that has the whole life tariff is actually Joanna Dennehy. Are there only two? I believe so. I think it is just those two. Myra Hindley has died. She was the, the third woman that has got that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it is just the two of them that are females with that sentence. So evil. And I didn't talk about it too much, but like they had a house because, you know, you could talk about this case for hours and hours and hours. They had a, they had a house mm. full of children. You know, they had loads of kids. And this... Those poor children. Yeah, the impact this must have had. And to be fair, like, Rose with the children was a sadist, but it was Fred that they were absolutely terrified of in terms of they'd avoid him. And really? Yeah. So, like, they, they, they would purposely try and keep out of Purposely try and keep out of Fred's way, especially Heather, who was apparently, you know, very on edge. Do you think? Do you think that um, Rose was more self-aware of her presence and like how that impacts the person in the room? So kind of puts on a front with the children because obviously she is just as bad as Fred, if not worse. Yeah, maybe. Like, I wonder if that kind of had a part to play. With the children not being as scared for her, of her. Oh no, I think they were still scared of her, but I think it was Fred that they like actively avoided because he had like a, a violent tendency. Like she obviously had violent tendencies as well, but he did have quite an aggressive temper, though, doesn't he? Like he, um, those like rage outbursts. Yeah, and he'd sexually assault them as well, whereas Rose. Yeah, that also definitely plays a part. Or well, she would, she did, she did, but I think it was. To that, from from their perspective, like it was Fred that needed to be avoided. What what was most alarming when watching like videos of them speaking about the crimes yeah. was just how much they normalised it. They thought that that was just like how things were. That that was like how a household was, and they'd have like gosh, they they'd never go to friends' houses, but sometimes like friends would go. That, like they'd occasionally, that, but they they'd purposely avoid their friends coming around because apparently like Rose would walk around naked or something. Those poor children, and they, yeah, the damage psychologically, emotionally, and physically. To be honest, it just it takes a lot of repairing, and I do feel feel for them so much. That's a 
that's a lifetime of mm. that's a lifetime of yes. pain. Yeah, there's, you don't get over that. Do you? do you know how many children they had in total? I do know how many children they had. They had ten children in total, and they murdered two of them. Wow, that's a lot of children. I've got it in the back of my mind that some of there's like rumours that some of the children weren't Freds because Rosemary like continued to pimp herself, uh, like get pimped out and prostitute because they needed extra money to afford the house, and I also think there was a bit of like a sexual thing there because Fred would watch and listen to you know blokes banging Rose. Yeah, terrible, and yeah, that makes sense that there was um, probably some children that maybe weren't Fred's. Yeah. So much trauma. So much trauma. Well, I hope they are all doing well. Yeah, I mean, they must have gone through so much, uh, like, shit as well. Like, uh, Stephen, who was the son, uh, the oldest son, he unwittingly was made to dig Heather's grave in the garden. <gasps> Fred told him that it was... Uh, fish ponds that they were built that they were digging up but it was a grave for his sister that he didn't realise was dead no how do you oh my goodness how do you even process that god knows I don't know to be honest that was kind of a whistle stop tour of Rosemary West and obviously quite a lot of talk about Fred West as well unpleasant case but one that's close to home in the fact that it literally is close to my home. It is. It's literally a stone's throw away. And I've got mm. one more little fact as well that I haven't shared yet as well. Um, my dad's friend also. So my dad obviously grew up in Hereford and therefore knew lots of people within the West mm. Midlands that probably knew elements just like the story before with the boy. Um he actually knew someone that went to school with Fred West as well, which is very weird. Isn't that mad? Small world. Ima- yeah, it's a very small world. And imagine sitting there, I- yeah, sitting there in class knowing later on that that person that you were doing maths with or English turned out to be who he was. I wonder if there was any signs. I don't know. <laughs> that was my morbid brain. Probably he got, he was he was like he was known as like a creep and would like touch women up and girls up. Yeah, like he'd go to social club and like mm, I can be very handsy. Like I've seen a few men like that. <laughs> Gross. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Grim um, men. But wow, what a, what an interesting case. Do you do you want to go through the socials? I will indeed once I find my book. So our social medias are our email address is gotandguiltypodcast at gmail dot com. Send in any of your stories. We would hope in the future that we will can do a that we can do a listener's story episode where we can share with all of you guys mm. all the stories we find out because I love hearing about your creepy stories. Follow us on Instagram where we are most active, where you can ask us any question you like and we will be sure to answer them in the next episode, as well as some other gory details related to the cases we share. 
at Gore and Guilty Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Gore and Guilty and join our Facebook group at Gore and Guilty Podcast. Well, thank you very much, Greg, for sharing that episode with us. It was very insightful and <laughs> I'll definitely be thinking about that tonight. <laughs> yeah, don't have any nightmares. No, I really enjoyed the different take on that case. We always hear about the Fred and Rose crimes and that they've committed, but the way that you span it with Rose being the focal point rather than Fred, which it usually is, I think was very interesting. So I'm glad you did that. Cool. Yeah, I think it was interesting to talk about Rose because so such a sadist and uh, mm. yeah. But, Definitely the mastermind behind the crime. I think so. I think she was kind of pulling the strings there. Cool. Well, let's leave it there for today. And remember, we won't judge. If gore is your guilty pleasure. Thanks, guys. Woo! Thanks for listening.